Welcome to Study Abroad Stories, a podcast by the Queen's College Study Abroad Office. In this podcast, you'll hear study abroad tips and advice, as well as stories of adventure, friendship, and personal growth. Tune in to hear interviews with previous study abroad students, study abroad directors, and more. Ready to step out of your comfort zones and into the beautiful unknown? Make the world your classroom. I'm back with Taylor. We just did an interview about her study abroad experience at Regents London, and now she's going to tell us a little bit more about Regents in more specific detail. Can you tell us about the student population of the school? And this is something that a lot of students don't realize, but so what was the thing that shocked you about the student population? Um, That it was very much an international school. It was only 20% British. So I thought I was going to hear British accents all over the place and like have like complete Anglomania, but I didn't like (laughs) there was, I only had one British friend. Her name was Georgie and she was only in one of my classes and everyone else was from all over the world. I had a guy who was from Egypt, a friend who was from Spain. Like it was, it was surprising, but it was really cool. Mm. And what was the process of picking classes like? Because at Queens College and CUNY and the U.S. in general, you know what classes that you're, what, what classes you're going to take months ahead of time. And people don't realize that's not the case in other countries. And it's very particular in regions. It's very different. So how did you pick your classes? So at regions, um, we actually were given... Um, a list of classes to choose from and then so it went in order so like we had our first pick our second pick I believe there were four picks I believe um and we kind of put like four or five classes in each um section and then we kind of left it up the school picked our classes for us um depending on like I guess how big the class was we may not have gotten our first or second choices um what was interesting for me, though, I ended up getting uh, two English courses, which I thought was going to be a lot, but it was surprisingly really, really good. Um, but I got most of the classes that I wanted to get into. Mm. Yeah, so this is actually during the application process, which is now an online application. Um, so definitely only pick classes that you want to take. Don't put something as a third choice and think oh they're not actually gonna give this to me because yeah they might just choose that class so only put classes that you're interested in taking yeah because I believe the third class the third the second English class was one of my third options Mm. and so I ended up getting two English classes so I was gonna ask since this interview is now more specific to Regents University what classes did you take that you would suggest other students to take? Um, so I took a political science class, which was interesting, um, being that it was the perspective it was from the perspective of people who weren't American. Hmm. So it was a really, really good class. There were only two American students in the class. It was myself and one other girl who was a student who was a region student. She wasn't a study abroad student, but she was American. And all of the other girls in the class, and actually the class were just girls, which was another interesting thing. There was just females 
it was a class of like 12 students and they were every single one of them were from a different country wow so they all had a different take on politics they all had a different take on america and american politics um which was interesting and they all just had a different view of things and we had a lot of like um group related assignments in that particular class and it was really interesting working with different people from South Africa, from Portugal, who did this, they thought differently. They thought differently about ethical situations. They thought differently about laws and about government based off of their own experience. So that was really cool. Do you remember exactly what that class was called or what the topic was? I'm not sure exactly. I think it was an intro to political science class. I believe that that was like the name of it. Okay. If that's an option, I would definitely suggest taking one of those kinds of courses or a history of London course. I wanted to do that. Um, I heard that was a really good course. Definitely a course related to the place you're going to study so that you can get some kind of background on the history, culture. Um, I also took a, um, a art history related class and it was um, history of English interiors. Um, so it allowed us one to get off the campus so we had trips every week and I got to see more parts of London that I would have probably never seen on my own. Um, I got to go to museums. Most times our mu- our class was held in the V&A Museum, which is the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. And it's a popular museum. And we had classes there, which was really, really cool. Like I know that museum better than I know any museum in New York City <laughs> <laughs> because I was in there every week. So I would definitely find a class where... If you can find something that allows you to go off the campus or where you be kind of like interacting with um, different types of students. Mm. And can you tell us a bit about orientation? Oh, so when we first get to the campus, um, they give you a schedule um, and you have a major orientation and it basically just goes over the grading system. kind of like the rules and behavior of the school, what they expect from you, especially the study abroad students. Um, They give you a rundown of some of the activities they do, uh, the kind of like presidential board of the school. So who um, plans the dances, like they had a dance specifically for uh, study abroad students. They had um, parties for study abroad students. Um, So it kind of gives you a rundown of all the things that you can expect from the semester and who to talk to, um, where to go for certain information. And in that session, you have all of the students who are part of the study abroad student, uh, study abroad, uh, program. So, um, with regents, the program was huge. Like there was a huge amount actually of American students. So that was something I didn't expect. I didn't know that like, there were going to be so many study abroad students. There are probably like 150 to 160 study abroad students. So you definitely had a sense of comfort coming in, knowing that you were going to be in the school with American students. But then they also had a huge amount of study abroad students from other countries as well. So, and you were all in one place during orientation. Wow. Can you tell us about the size and location of Regents? Was it hard to get from one class to the other or was it, was everything close to each other? Oh, yeah. So um, Regents is in uh, central London. Um, so it's kind of like the main area, very much city. Um, it's very close to the tube station. So you can get 
to popular destinations like Oxford Circus, um, uh, Piccadilly Circus, Covent Garden, really popular locations, um, tourist locations, which was really cool. Um, and the school itself is centered in uh, Regent's Park, which is this like really beautiful park. It has a garden in it. It has a zoo inside of it. There's um, a zoo? There's a zoo. Regent's Zoo. Yes. Um, so it's really, really cool. And you kind of like walk across this cute little bridge to get into the um, park. And nestled in the park is the school's campus. So it's a small campus, which meant that it was really easy to get to your classes. Um, the dorms are attached to the actual school building. So you can like go downstairs and you pass the dining areas and then immediately you start seeing the classrooms. Wow. Yeah. So it had like a, a, tradition, a traditional like L-like quad campus um, set up with like green grass and flowers and vines that grew on the side of the buildings. It was really, really pretty. Wow. And now you stayed at a dorm. How did you pick your dorm? And did you have a roommate? <laughs> so what's good about Regents is that um, there's only one dorm on the campus attached to the whole school. And um, there's just like different floors to the dorm. There's like, I think there's three floors. Um, and I didn't pick my roommate, but we did get a, I guess like a roommate um, questionnaire, like what type of roommate we would be looking for, the type of person. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it worked out. Mm. And I know that at Regents, at, in the dorms, you have the option between having one roommate or two roommates. What would you, and no roommates as well. So you could have a single room, a double room, or a triple room. What would you suggest people to choose? I think as an international, you'd be going away as an international student. I think you should definitely have a roommate. I wouldn't suggest being in a room by yourself. Um, it's harder to make friends. Not to say that you can't make friends. It's just, you know, you're on your own. So waking up, you're on your own. When you go to the dining hall at first, you're on your own. When you have a roommate, at least they can go to places with you. So my roommate was actually late. And I was able to make friends as soon as I got in the building. Because um, three of the girls were having, we were dragging our luggage up to the building. And we just kind of immediately just introduced ourselves. And that's kind of the group of girls that I went with. But when my roommate came, she was able to hang out with us. Because she was she was late, I think, about two days. So that was hard. It was harder for her. But then I made it a little bit easier for her. But then we made a, we met another girl who was in the room by herself. So she kind of came where we went. And she kind of made friends through our friends because she was by herself. So it's definitely doable if you're the type of person. But I think if you're going to experience another culture in another city, it's best to do it with someone else. Um, right away it's like sometimes you know me and my roommate would go out to eat and the other girls we wouldn't go with them you know like so it was helpful to have someone to do laundry with or to you know I lost my keys and my roommate had a key you know if you lose your key like you then you have to go and get another one and you're on your own but it was easy for me to just call her and say do you see my key you know there were very small things that came in handy having a roommate now, with three people in a room, <laughs> I wouldn't suggest it. I The group of friends that we made, they were, um, two of them were in a room with another girl. And it was hard to be in a room with three people. Mm. It was. Yeah, um, sleeping schedules, different sets of friends. Um, 
it made it really difficult for them. They did it. It was it ended up being doable because that one, the third girl, ended up making her own set of friends and kind of hanging out with them and spending a night in their room and stuff like that. But overall, I wouldn't suggest it. I would suggest having one roommate. As of now, which we're recording this in the summer of 2020, things can change with dorms and things like that. But as of now, the dorms, when you pay for the dorm, it comes with a meal plan. Oh. And you can use that meal plan to pay for food on campus. So I do want to talk about the meal plan, but first, can you talk about the food and the cafes that are available on campus, what kind of food they serve, if there's just one place you can get food or more than one place? Okay, so what's really cool is that the um, main dining hall, it always had like uh, international options for food. So you're going to have different kinds of food. Um, some food you never even heard of or combinations of food you probably didn't hear of, which is cool because, you know, with the whole study abroad experience, you're there to experience different people and cultures, whatever the case may be. But in that same dining hall, they had more like a bistro style where you can get paninis and you can get sandwiches, you can get sushi, like it was really nice, a fruit bar. And um, that was all in one dining hall. And then across from there, which is some place that I spent most of my time in, they had like a coffee, a coffee shop. And the coffee area had tables. And then it had a more, a nicer side that you can like do like fine dining in. So like if parents came to the school, you can sit and, you know, have like a traditional dinner. I actually never sat and had a traditional dinner because I was just like always on the run. But I was always in this coffee shop and you had like pastries and like paninis. And that's where I got my morning latte, my afternoon latte. Like (laughs) it was really, really nice. Oh, I'm sorry. And there was another place. It was kind of like the hangout spot, like after like classes are done or like if you had like any events, Um, it's basically like a nightclub and in the campus and you had a bar down there. You had, um, you could get like a uh, smoothie. You could get milkshakes, more traditional American food, burgers and fries and pizza and nuggets and quesadillas, tacos. They had taco nights. They had a music and a dance floor and like a huge flat screen TV. So that was another place where people would just go and get like, you know, finger food, wings and stuff like that. Wow. Oh, and it had a Starbucks. I'm sorry. They also had a Starbucks. (laughs) There was a coffee shop. I forget. There was a coffee shop and there was a Starbucks. It was a very small Starbucks, but it was a Starbucks and it had really, really great pastries in it. So that was all inside of Regents. So you could use your meal plan for all of those places. Mm. And again, dorm prices change from year to year. But Uh in spring 2019, which is when you went abroad, how much was your meal plan? I believe the meal plan comes with, I think you put about $2,000 on the card and you use that throughout the semester. And that $2,000 um, is from, so you pay for the dorm, they take $2,000 of that and put it in the meal plan. Yeah, I, I believe that's how that works. Yeah. Um, but once that money is done, that's it. So if you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then you want a latte in between a day, um, you just kind of have to like allocate how much f- food you're going to be eating basically because you're using up your money. It's not like a fixed plan, you know, like it's money. So you're using up the money. Around how much was, let's say, lunch? They did lunch interesting because they they kind of like 
when you ha- it was kind of like an open food uh kind of bar thing where you would go and pick the food you wanted but certain foods came together so if this particular meal was fish with uh cabbage and um rice and then the next meal next to it had pasta and lasagna so it was like a lasagna bar if you wanted lasagna and then you wanted um let's say the cabbage from the other meal the pricing started to get funny Mm. so you could spend 10 pounds on lunch or you could spend six pounds on lunch if you got the meal that was allocated for you which was the the cabbage with the rice and the fish you know but as soon as you started wanting pasta and you wanted cabbage and rice like when you start to mix them up then it got a little bit more expensive so a lot of times my lunches kind of they kind of got all over the place because maybe I wanted a panini from the cafe bistro place across the way but then I did want a fruit bowl from the main lunch area it could be like 12 pounds because I've mixed my lunches up Mm, okay that makes sense and were there any events for study abroad students yeah they made sure they had a lot of things for us to do um you could um take trips um sign up for trips I always signed up honestly and I didn't get to get on them but they have a lot of trips for you to take plan trips um you could like they would go to plays um they would go to museums they would do like um walks around the city um, they also did like um, mixers where they would have music and drinks for you and food, finger food. Um, you did a mid-semester party, um, a spring break party, pizza party, pizza night, stuff like that. Wow. Where was your favorite place in London to hang out? Elon Cafe. There was a cafe. It was so pretty. Um, there were different cafes. So what I would do is I would find a different cafe and I would go to a different version of it, um, and take pictures, but it was this cafe and they had these really great lattes and like, they had like a Lucky Charms latte, um, blue matcha latte, and they had like really great paninis and really cool, uh, desserts and stuff. And I would go in there and I would get my laptop and I would do my homework in there. Wow. And can you talk about the classes in more details? Um, What was the workload like? And how many assignments did you have in each class? Was it a midterm and a final? Did you have projects and essays? What what did that look like? Okay, so um, for me, I had uh, two English courses. Um, One was like a Victorian poetry and prose course. Another one was a Victorian studies and theory course. And for those two English courses, they were kind of set up the same. So I would say that's probably the standard for the English courses where you had um, maybe three or four papers, you read three or four books in the class. And each time you read a book, you have a paper on the book. Mm. So that's kind of how that worked. And the midterm paper was just longer than the regular paper. Mm. And then the final paper was a little bit longer and required more of the techniques you learned throughout the semester. Mm. And both of the classes were set up like that, where we learned a particular technique. We learned a particular, like for the, um, the theory class, we learned certain theories, uh, how to attack reading, how to uh, break down um, a book and how to kind of leave the author's thoughts out of a book so for that 
we would have to take all that we learned and incorporate that into the midterm and then incorporate that into the final. But the, the work just got more intense where there were more requirements or the pages were longer. And did you have homework? Not really. There was homework, but it was more like the first assignment I had was a midterm. Mm. And that was across the board. Now, my art history class that allowed us to take the um, the trips off the campus, every week we had homework, but it wasn't due until the end of semester. So that required me to keep That's up annoying. on my work. <laughs> yeah. So we the project was to build. We did have one paper that was a midterm paper. But that was like two months into the semester. So with that class, it was basically like every week I didn't really have homework, but I had homework. You know, so it was up to me to figure out when I was going to get that homework done because I knew that at the, sem- at the end of the semester it was going to be due. So that was different than what I was used to. So you took two literature classes, an art history class, and a political science class? Yeah. Anything else? Um. Nope, that was it. And with the political science class, we did have a final project presentation. So that was the only presentation I had for that whole semester and out of all those classes. Everything else, because there were two um, English classes, I was writing papers or I was reading. So I read a lot. I was in the library a lot. For the art history class, I tended to have to go to the museum a lot to get a lot of the things I needed for my journal because it was a, the weekly assignments was journal assignments that were going to be put into a um, basically like a book, a final presentation. Um, but we didn't have to present it. it. It was just basically like journals, journal entries. But the journal entries would be like two pages long. Wow. Okay, so what would you, why should someone study at Regents University? What would you tell people? I would say if, you, if it's your first time, especially studying abroad, it's a great place. It's a great starter place to go. Because London, one, is international, um, and the language barrier. There's no real language barrier, except for the word that they may say differently, like call chips, we'll call fries chips, or call the elevator a lift, or a garage a car park. Like, there are some of those kinds of, you know, differences. But really, like, everybody's speaking English for the most part. So it's a really great place to start if you're going to study abroad. Hmm. And you really liked your classes there, right? I loved my classes, yeah. Like I enjoyed going to I enjoyed going to the classes a lot. That's amazing. Just yeah. to have that for 4 months, 5 months. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much Taylor for your time. You're welcome. This concludes the second part of the interview. And stay tuned for next for the next episode. To see our students' beautiful travel pictures, follow us on Instagram at QC Travels. Like our podcast? Consider leaving us a rating. Visit our website, qc.cuny.edu slash study abroad to find out more about our programs.